Welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. Today you will hear a message from our very own Pastor Richard D. Dobbs entitled, We Are Experiencing His Mercy. In today's message, Pastor Dobbs talks about how God's mercy endures forever and that we should continue to give thanks to God because He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are empowered and equipped by today's message. All right, let's turn our Bibles to the book of Psalms 136. The book of Psalms 136. While you're turning there, let's proclaim the vision of Overcomers Christian Center. Ready? Begin. To empower the body of Christ to fulfill their God-given vision and to equip the body of Christ to become self-sufficient, as was done in early church, according to Acts chapter 4 and verse Psalms 136, I'm going to read it to you, it's entirely, um, it's, it's a good psalm to kind of um, reflect upon, to look at, and to um, really grab a hold of some of the things that David was speaking to the people of God. But I want to um, deal with some of it, I'm going to deal with all of it for time's sake. But I'm going to read to you, follow me as I read. Read to you out the New King James Version Bible. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And I want you to notice a particular statement that David makes throughout this particular um, psalm. For his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him, to him who by wisdom made the heavens for his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endures forever, and brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endures forever. And with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, for his mercy endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his mercy endures forever. And may Israel pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endures forever. But, but overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his mercy endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his mercy endures forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endures forever. Sahon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endures forever. And Ah, king of Bashan, for his mercy endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage, for his mercy endures forever. A heritage to Israel, his servant, for his mercy endures forever. Who remember us in our lowly state, for his mercy endures forever. And rescue us from our enemies, for his mercy endures forever. Who gives food to all flesh, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever. The Lord has opened up to us, I believe, at least in the season that we're in, what I would consider the vein of mercy. Mercy to me has been a learning lesson 
I know, and I know many of you are like me, who are thankful for his mercy all the days of your life. I mean, you can't hardly think of a day that God did not give you mercy. Can't think of a day. Can't think of a day. Especially when you look at one of the definitions of mercy, leniency. We know that God has been lenient to us. Now, there's some days, you know, we probably say, you know, well, you know what, I was okay this day. But you got to think about most of the days. You can probably look back and if you examine your life a little closely, you can find up some, you can find somewhere where you came up a little bit short. But you thank God for his leniency or his mercy. And so as we're in this particular uh, area, I want to talk to you from this for, for a few minutes on this topic. We are experiencing his mercy. Say that with me. We are experiencing his mercy. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for your word. Help us to minister to your sheep and help us to receive what thus saith the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. The, faith, the, excuse me, the phrase that you read here several times throughout this particular chapter uh, is one that many believe, many scholars believe, was actually this psalm is one of the psalms that was psalm when in Solomon when he was dedicating this temple. And when you read this particular phrase over and over again, the musical term is running it. It's something that they do over and over again. And you see throughout Psalms 136, the phrase for his mercy endures forever is something that David uses over and over again. And when we see that, it says something to us. And I want to get into what I believe that God is speaking to us through that. First of all, let's go over the Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 3. Many people believe that this is part of what they saw at this particular time in the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 7 and verse 3. Second Chronicles, chapter 7 and verse 3 reads as follows. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the, of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement, and worship and praise the Lord, saying, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. You see those same words being used in this particular uh, context as we read over in Psalms 136. And in Psalms 136, let's go back to it. This book is written, or excuse me, this particular psalm is written by David. Many scholars, they debate about who was written by, but for the most conclusion, they believe that it was written by David. And when he wrote this, of course, he was writing it for the time where they were dedicating the temple that we read about over in Second Chronicles chapter 7. And when he wrote this, I believe that David wrote this from a place not only of his, out of his worship for God, but also his personal experience with God. And when you are dealing with God, when you're worshiping God, when you're loving on God, to me, you, you bring something out of your inner being that talks about your relationship with God and how impactful it is into your everyday life. 
That's why I truly believe a worshiper or a person that loves God, the person that praises God, they, that, they worship God and praise God out of personal experience. I believe that truly if we come in on the Sunday morning, that our personal experience with God takes our praise and our worship to another level. It doesn't take me long to remember what God has done for me all week long when I come into the house of God. In any place I need to remember what God has done for me, it ought to be in his house, his sanctuary, his dwelling place, the place where I come to receive knowledge and understanding on a week by week basis. And so when we look at this, we'll start in Psalm, excuse me, let's look at the phrase he uses over and over again. For his mercy endures forever. For his mercy, his kindness, his faithfulness. And I want you to notice something. When, it, when you talk about God's kindness and his faithfulness, if you're like David and like many of us in this sanctuary, you can say that over and over again. That God has been kind to us and he has been faithful. I don't think of a, I can't look around in this sanctuary and find one person that God has not been kind to and who, who he has not been faithful to. And and let me say this to you. I truly believe that God has been more faithful to us than we have been to him. And I'm grateful for that. I I I don't listen, we don't we don't take that for granted because we understand that his mercy, his kindness and his faithfulness endures forever. I like that word forever, a long time. A lot longer than me me many of us will live in this, in this on this earth as human beings. A long duration, everlasting. His mercy will be here. It was here before we got here. It will be here while we're here and will be here once we leave and go on be with the Lord. It's going to be here. And I think, oh, God, thank God for his mercy and it's going to endure forever. His kindness, his faithfulness going to last a long time. It's going to be, excuse me, his kindness and his faithfulness are going to last for a long, long time. And you think about this, and that's good to know because you can be going through a trial. You can be going through something that is rough in your life. And you need to understand that God's mercy is there with you through that trial. Oh, that's good to know. That's good to know that when you're going through a rough trial, that his mercy is with you, even though you may not feel like his mercy is with you. You may not understand it, and you may not quite understand everything that God does, but this is what you got to know. His mercy is there with you. And I mean, that, it's going to last a long time. And listen, and, and you can go through a horrendous trial, but you need to understand, based on Scripture, that his mercy is going to be right there with you. Oh, God, thank you for your mercy. Even when I'm going through a rough trial. Let's pick up Psalms 136 and verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Remember that he's writing this, David wrote this, uh, as they will get ready to dedicate the temple, we read in Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse three, and so forth. Uh, notice what it says: "Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good." David, you said a mouthful right there, but you are so great. You are so right. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. So they want the people to give thanks, praise, and gratitude to the Lord. And I, I, I agree with you, David. We all, listen, when we come into the house of God, just like they did back then at the temple, we ought to come in with thanksgiving in our heart. We ought to say, thank you, God. You know what? I didn't get everything I want, but you've really been good to me all week. 
You put a roof over my head. I got this, that, and the other coming up. Oh, yeah, you've been good to us all way. And I can't look. I look around. and I see all, many of us in this sanctuary got on coats right now. Thank God for coats. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine many of you turned on the heat this morning. And you, you thank God it was operating. Amen. Thank God for heat. Oh, yeah. See, there's some things God been good to us. We can't be talking about we, God ain't did nothing for me all week long. Oh, I beg to differ. If I can just look back over your life, I can I can see the hand of work, the, the God's hand in your life as I look over your life. If you ate something today, thank God for what you ate today. Well, God has been good to us, and I, I like what David says: give thanks, give praise, and gratitude to the Lord. See, this scripture is clear that we should we should enter into His gates with thanksgiving, according to Psalms one hundred and verse four. Go to Psalms one hundred and verse four. Psalms 100 and verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We're thankful for what God has done. And sometimes you may have to, you know, think a little hard, whatever the case may be, but I've realized the more you are thankful to God, the more God reveals to you what he is doing in your life. And this is what you got to know about God. You you got to learn how to be thankful to God. I I would tell you it comes automatically, but I've I've learned over the years of pastoring that it don't. We have to learn what to be thankful for. Because sometimes you can be thankful for things that God didn't even do in your life. And I've heard people say, you know, especially... Me uh, being a minister in prison ministry, I've heard people say, you know what, I thank God for some stuff that I did to get here in prison. I'm like, hold on, bro, that's the wrong thing to be thankful for. You have to learn how to be thankful the right way. And the way we learn how to be thankful is through Scripture. You learn how to be thankful to God for what he has done for you based on the word of God. And see, as we walk with Christ, I believe that the word consistently teaches us how to recognize as well as be thankful for the written and revealed word working in our lives. When you get in the word of God, you see how God is working in your life right now. You see when you give, and you see how God blesses you, and he's going to be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Oh, when you get that bonus, you say, oh, God, that has to be God right now. Oh, when you get, listen, when you go to the store and it's marked down 90%, you say, oh, that had to be God right there. Listen, when you look at God working in your life, you say, oh, that had to be God right there. See, some people walk around and they be thinking, they be like, ooh, this was a great sale. The store must have saw me coming. No, that was God saw you coming. It wasn't you because, let me tell you, soon as God could have held that sale off to after you left the store. He could have left the sale off until after you left the store, and then I came in. It was not marked on ninety percent. Some of y'all didn't quite get that, but I, I'm, I'm gonna get y'all get y'all warm up just a moment here. Listen, as soon as I walked in, they didn't mark on ninety percent. There, I was picking it up, picking it up for ninety percent off, and you had to pay full price. Hallelujah! God can do that for you. God can do that for you. God can do that for you. God has a way of doing something that it doing stuff that amazes us, but he, he does it for those that understand through his written and revealed word that he's working in our lives. Let's go over to back over to Psalms 136, and we're going to look at verse 2. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods. Interesting statement that David makes there. 
And even though we don't read much about David dealing with other gods, we do see that he recognizes them a part, they're a part of his, they're around him, so to speak. He may not be recognizing or doing anything about him, but they are around him. So he says, we give thanks, we are to give thanks to the God of gods. There are other God-like things out there. There are the goddesses and rulers and judges and fallen angels that are out there. And so you got to be careful and don't be ignorant of the tactics of the enemy because he gonna, these, the enemy gonna try to rule our lives based on lies and deception. He gonna try to do that. But our God is stronger and mighty than any other gods you may deal with. He says the God of gods. There are other gods out there. Don't you ever recognize, think that, well, you know what? He, it's just God out there and there's nothing else out there. The enemy wants you to think that. He wants you to think that because if you don't think that somebody else is trying to influence your life, either directly or indirectly, you won't recognize when the enemy is trying to work something against you. And you see, as soon as you recognize him working something against you, therefore you can bind him up in the name of Jesus and you can cast him out in Jesus' mighty name. And, and sometimes people don't even understand that they're under the influence of the enemy trying to work against you. They don't understand that because they're ignorant of the enemy's devices. But thank God we are not ignorant of the enemy devices. We're not ignorant of him if he tries to come up on a job, a business deal, or try to come up in our homes, or whatever the case may be. We are not ignorant of his devices. And the enemy will use, uh, he will use deception as well as lies to try to get us off track. Don't let the enemy lie to you now. He'll tell you some stuff like you won't be healed. Oh, that's a lie right now. He'll tell you you're going to be broke all the days of your life. Oh, you that's another lie right now. He's going to tell you that you're always going to be below, below. But you know one day you're going to be the head and not the tail. you got to believe what he says in your life. Believe what God says and not what the enemy says. Because he, the enemy will try to use deception and lies to get you off track. And some of us know that because we have dealt with the lies and the deceptions of the enemies in our past. But we thank God that God has given us the victory because he is the God of gods. Not only, not only that, he's also the Lord of lords. We pick this up also in, in Psalms 136 and verse 3. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. There is the Lord, but then there's other lords that are trying to be our master, our strong arm, our somebody firm, or prince operating in our life. There is, a, I thought about this word prince there because the prince of the powers of the air. The enemy is always going to try to use something against you. David recognized that, but he realized that he was serving someone who is the Lord of the lords. And you understand that he is the Lord of the Lords. You won't let another ruler. You won't let another master. You won't let another strong arm. You won't let somebody else try to rule in your life. But I love, I love this because it reminds me of what, um, Revelation talked about in Revelation 19 and 16. Flip over there real quickly. Because this is something not only David is dealing with, but also our master, our king gonna be dealing with after that. And, and something you need to understand about that, if David dealt with it, and we know it's going to be dealt with in Revelation 19 and 16, 
it, it's still going to be here. We got to recognize that it, that means that we are in the midst of dealing with uh, Lord to try to Lord over our lives. Not the Lord of Lord, not the Lord, but little Lords, little L-O-R-D-S. If they were here over in Revelation 19 and 16, in fact, Revelation 19 and 16 reads as follows. And he has on his robe, on his robe and on his thigh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So if Jesus is dealing with this over in this town, which is after, and David thousands of years before we get here, let me say this to you. We're going to deal with it today. We're going to deal with it today. Because if David dealt with it then, and we're going to deal with it, excuse me, Jesus dealt with it sometime in the future. We ain't quite got there yet. We're going to deal with it today. And we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. We don't let the enemy try to do stuff to us. Amen. That's not based on scripture. We're smart. Well, listen, we should be wiser than that based on the word of, written and revealed word of God. Let's go back over to Psalms 136. So David, as he said, we give thanks to the Lord, thanks to the God of gods, thanks to the Lord of lords. And verse 4, to him who alone does great wonders. Now, let me say this to you. God does wonders, and wonders is fascinating enough to me. But the Bible says he does great wonders. He does extraordinary, beyond natural power, difficult for human to do, marvelous, difficult for human understanding. God is doing great work in our lives. And he does stuff that goes beyond our natural understanding. He does great things. Let me tell you, when you walk by faith and not by sight, that is a great work happening in your life right now. When you believe that God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything you ask or think, that's a great work going on in your life. And let me say this to you. It can happen for each and every one of us. God is not a respecter of persons. And the Bible says clear, according to your faith, being under you, God can do a great work in your life. Oh, he, in fact, I, let me announce to you, let me proclaim over your life, he is doing a great work in your life right now. I'm talking about on, at 7.30 on November the 28th, 2018, God is doing a great work in you right now. I don't think they believe me. Tell you, find you somebody sitting beside you and tell them God is doing a great work in you right now. God is doing a great work in you right now. Oh, he tell, tell me again, he's doing a great work in you right now. A great work, a great work, extraordinary work. Something that goes by your natural power. Something that your human mind can't pick up. It's difficult for humans to understand. Oh, I like that about God. Because that means people can't figure out what God is doing in your life. Natural minded people can would never be able to figure out what God is doing in your life. And so it's a weird. I don't think you're doing anything in your life. Oh, I beg to differ. I don't walk by natural. I walk by faith and not by sight. I believe that God is doing something great in, in each and every one of our lives. And David experienced that as well. And he brought this before the people of God as well. God is doing great wonders in the lives of his people. And the psalm is a song about the goodness of God, which is evident to every believer who operates by faith or, or is being revealed to everyone who wants to be a part of his kingdom. 
This psalm is the song about the goodness of God. And you notice these first few things we talked about, how God is being lifted up above the earth. In fact, there is a song out today. I was, I was going to sing it for you, but I sighed. I better not bring, I, I, you know, y'all weren't ready for it. I you ready for it. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. He is good. I think they sing, I, I, y'all, some of y'all know it. I, I'm not, I'm not making a song up, but they sing it today. Where they get it from? You see it right here. They talk about the goodness of God. And we should be individuals who recognize the goodness of God. If anybody should recognize the goodness of God, we should. We should be believers that recognize the goodness of God. In fact, no matter where we go, 24 hours a day, if somebody asks you, has God been good to you? Your answer ought to be yes. You won't do a horrendous trial and they ask, is God good? Yes. You're being challenged in your body and you're going through, but you ought, anybody ask you, is God good? You ought to say, yes. You're being challenged in your body and somebody ask you, is God good? You ought to say, yes. Because you understand that his mercy endureth forever. That's what Paul was trying, excuse me, David was trying to get to us all to see. How good God is, his mercy is enduring forever. I want to deal with a few more points um, in this particular text. Verse 5. To him who by wisdom made the heavens. To him who by wisdom made the heavens. Our God uses wisdom to make the heavens. He uses understanding, he uses intelligence, he uses knowledge, he uses skills to make the heaven. Can you imagine when David picked that up and he said, uh, not David, but when Job was having a conversation with God and he asked him, God asked Job, where were you when I made the heavens? And, and I can imagine some of us be going through, and I, and, and you've been, if you anything similar to some of the things I say sometimes, and I know I'd be lying, I'm like, God, you know, I don't think you understand what I'm going through right now. And, and, and you have that little pity party, and then all of a sudden, God, you read a scripture like that and says, oh, where were you when I made the heavens? Where were you when I did this, that, and the other? And, and, and you're like, well, God, I know you made the heaven, but you know what? I need this, that, and that. Where were you when I made you? You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Nobody like you in heaven or on earth. So whatever trial you're dealing with, whatever circumstance you're dealing with, you ought to know that his mercy endures forever. I mean, it's going to last a long time. It's gonna, in fact, if we, we read this correctly, it's going to outlast us. And, and on natural, on a natural ring. And I know it's not always easy some of the things you deal with. I would not even pretend there's some things you're going to deal with that, my God. But you understand that His mercy endures forever. Anytime we're going through a, a dilemma, we can ask God for wisdom according to James 1 and 5. Go to James 1 and 5. James 1 and 5. Because so I, I understand when, you, when you're going through a rough trial, you need God's assistance in the situation. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. 
See, when we ask God for wisdom, he's going to give it to us. What is he going to give us? He'll give us understanding about what we're dealing with. Intelligence. He'll give us knowledge as well as skill to make it through. This is one thing you got to understand. Even though you ask him for it, don't mean God's going to remove what you're going through. I want you to understand that. It does not mean he is going to remove what you're dealing with. He'll give you grace to endure, but he may not remove it. Why? Because he knows that's going to make you better. It's not. See, God is in this long-term business thing. He likes stuff that's going to last and make you a better Christian, a better uh, wife, husband, mother, sister, brother, whatever the case may be. He's going to make you better. And so sometimes he, you ask him for wisdom, understand, he'll give you understanding, intelligence, and knowledge, and skill, but don't mean he's going to remove what you're dealing with. And if, listen, I mean, no, that's personal. Anybody understand, know that from personal experience? Look around. Don't, don't look at me. Look around you. They can preach as well as I can. Look, look to your right, look behind you, look to your left. These people have dealt with some stuff very similar to what you, we're talking about here tonight. And God did not move it, even though we asked him to. But you know what? We, we can testify, even though we didn't like the process, it made us better. I don't sit there and pretend like I like, it, like every process God takes me through. I'm not going to pretend like I do. I pray, y'all, you know, hallelujah. I'm grateful for it. I thank God for God's grace and his mercy. You know, like, like when I grew up back my younger days, I didn't like every spanking I got. Did not like it. But it made me better in the long run. Some of you probably, I don't like being grounded. You probably not like being corrected. But you know what? It makes you better for what? The long run. I don't know how many people say, why does love being corrected? Well, you're better than most of us in him. But when we get corrected, it makes us better for the long run. Thank God for it. Somebody loves you enough to correct you. And sometimes it's godly correction. And godly correction is going to make us better. So he uses wisdom to make us and orchestrate his plan for his, his plan for us in our lives. Now, let's go back over and look at Psalms 136. We're going to finish this up. I know there's a lot in this, and no way we can cover all of it, but I want to give you just a few examples. You know, one of the things when I was coming up, I always wondered why God put this in like this. And I'm not going to claim we got everything about it, but at least we have a better understanding of why God laid it out like this. Because he wanted his people to understand that his mercy endures forever. And no matter what God does, no matter what he does, what he does in our lives, and really, you could put your life in there. God healed your body. His mercy endures forever. You were coughing. His mercy endures forever. Notice you went from two extremes. You got money. His mercy endures forever. You don't have money. His mercy endures forever. You got your way. His mercy endures forever. You didn't get your way. His mercy endures forever. You were lied on. Somebody told the truth about you. You got the raise. You didn't get the raise. You got blessed. You didn't get blessed. You had a pain in your body. You were 100% whole. 
You got your heart desire. You did not get your heart desire. But no, that's, that's the pattern you get. That's the same thing that David was getting across to the people as they were dedicating the temple. He wanted them to understand. Yeah, God is wonderful. God is great. And his mercy endures forever. But understand, in our own personal lives and what we deal with, sometimes you're going to get it. Sometimes you ain't. Sometimes it's going to be on hold. Sometimes it ain't. Sometimes, I mean, you think about this. Whatever you can put in your life, just like David did here, you can understand that his mercy endures forever. And sometimes, I'll be honest with you, Everything that comes across my pathway, I ain't a particular fan of, but I understand his mercy endures forever. I'm sure you're the same way. Some of you, uh, some of my youth, uh, they want a PlayStation 19 with 42 games. But all they're going to say is, his mercy endures forever. Some of our parents, excuse me, some of the parents in here want, uh, uh, a brand new car. With the, the, with all the nice trims with it. And all you'll say is, his mercy endures forever. Nothing wrong with the vehicle, but what? His mercy endures forever. Somebody asks for something, when your children come to you, they say, well, his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Now, and I'm going to read a couple of these scriptures for you. To show you for next what David talked about is the Lord laid out the earth and gave it great lights and the sun to rule day by day and the moon and stars to rule by night. Let me read it to you. Uh, verse 6, to him who laid out the earth above the water for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day. For his mercy endures forever. The moon and stars to rule by night. For his mercy endures forever. So whether it's day or night, his mercy endures forever. Isn't it wonderful to have day? Isn't it wonderful to have night? Mercy endures forever. Verse 10. To him who struck Egypt and the, and the firstborn, for his mercy endures forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endures forever. And we're going to verse 12. Now, with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, I want you to know something about God. One of the um, last points we're going to make from this particular uh, chapter. I want you to notice that our God has what David considered a strong hand. A strong hand. He brought Israel out with a mighty hand. It was a stout hand. It was considered a hard hand and with an outstretched arm. This, let, this lets us know that God, if God can deliver the children of Israel, he can deliver us as well. He can deliver us as well as any family member, any co-worker, any friend, or any stranger. He can deliver them as well. We should not limit his mercy just to our lives. There are other people out there that need God's mercy. You got friends, you got coworkers, you got strangers that come across your pathway that you talk to that God can deliver them 
just like he did the children of Israel. He could deliver them from poverty, pain, persecution, uh, whatever the case may be. And he knows how to do it. I'm not, not just one day, but God is constantly delivering his people. Constantly delivering them. He's constantly delivering them. And when he does it, let me tell you something. They know he's been, they've been delivered. Many of us, there have been some things God delivered us from we ain't never had to go back to. Ha- ain't had a desire to go back to. I ain't talking about stuff we're dealing with today. I'm talking about some stuff we dealt with years ago that God has delivered us from. And if God can do it for us, God can do it for your, a stranger. Someone you don't know. Someone you do know. All they need to do is understand that his mercy endures forever. Or like this, if God did it for me, he can do it for them. That's why we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. You tell people about, let me tell you something, man. And I, I've told people, my, I don't tell them everything about my testimony, but I tell them, hey, bro, you the only one that used to do this, that, and the other. You know, some people, when they sin, they act like you ain't never sinned before. I don't know where they get that idea from. I don't know how, how, how it were, but they should know that some of us, well, we might have been delivered, but every now and then some of that stuff will sneak back up on us. Y'all don't say nothing, amen. I know it. Act like you pretend like you don't know what I'm talking about. I told, uh, I tell prayers all the time, especially one, one of my things I tell them. Just because you are walking with Christ don't mean you forgot how to cuss. And so if you don't keep that under the blood of Jesus, Letting the word of God control the way you think, the way you talk, and the way you act, those things will rise back up in your life. Whatever it is. And so, but people need to know that they can be delivered. You can be a friend of yours. They can be delivered to you. You're gonna run across some of your relatives this coming up uh in December. And you need they need to know that God can deliver them. They need to know, listen, while y'all sitting around eating, whatever y'all eat. God can deliver you too. And you may not use the word deliverance. You might say, God can help you with this thing that you're dealing with right here. Because, you know, we use, sometimes we can use church words and people don't understand what we're talking about. Like if I, sometimes if I say CD, y'all, am I talking about compact disc or certificate of deposit? You got to know the difference or what, what I'm using then. Well, sometimes we can use church terms. We lose folks of every day. We've got to learn how to talk to them. So in turn, they, Paul said this, I became all so I can win some. In other words, I, I became what they needed in order to get them into the kingdom of God. So it, like we're looking at this today, so they can experience the mercy of God. Because God, God is super lenient. Super lenient. Y'all know some of the stuff we see on TV today? I mean, God don't, listen, if I were God, some TV just shut off. I mean, that's me. Boom, bam, they're gone. Gone. They can't even transmit some of that stuff. Some of the stuff I found, listen, these days I, I was searching for something. It could be, I thought it was innocent I was searching on my computer one day. Popped up. I said, oh, God, here we go again. I mean, stuff you have to deal with. So I can imagine if you are dealing with certain things too as well. They might not have the, the I youth do, but some youth don't have the, Enough holiness in them to, to swipe away from that site. Some stuff just pop up. We have to learn how to govern ourselves accordingly. 
There are many powerful lessons we can learn from this particular psalm. One lesson we can learn from this psalm is that when we sing praises to our God, that we should be able to look back over our lives and not just see the word working for others, be able to give our own testimony to his mercy working in our lives. We should be able to see the mercy of God working in our lives. We should be able to see and tell others about the mercy of God working in our lives. I believe truly when you read about this, in fact, some of the stuff David experienced, some of it didn't. He got it from the history because he wasn't there sometimes when some of these events happened, but they passed it on to him. And so when David talked about it, it was some things that people experienced that David attributed to the mercy of God. Especially when he talked about Egypt, uh, when God delivered the children of, excuse, the children of Israel from Egypt. It was the mercy of God. The mercy of God. When we got delivered, it was the what? Mercy of God. It wasn't the mercy of God that God came back and asked us to be saved over and over again. It was the mercy of God. I think about this. I, the first time that somebody told me about Jesus, I didn't get saved. But God had mercy on me and came back again. It's the mercy of God. See, deliverance is a, is a lifelong journey. It ain't just overnight. Man, God, God been working on many of us a long time. A long time. In fact, tell somebody, God been working on you a long time. In fact, won't you just name yourself, he been working on you a long, long, long time. So that's why we see God working. We see God working on each and every one of us. So I can't be pointing at you talking about that, this, that, and the other. God working on you just like you're working on me. I appreciate God working on us. I'm grateful that God works on us. Where would our life be if God did not work on us? Where would we be? How messed up would our lives be? I would, you know what's sad? There's some people out there right now in this world that don't know Jesus. They're experiencing his mercy and don't even realize it. But you know what? I can't say nothing about them because I was the same way. I was experiencing God's mercy and didn't even realize it. Them times I was doing this, that, and the other, I was experiencing, and didn't, listen, and didn't die and go to hell, I was experiencing his mercy. And so I want all of us to have in the mindset that we're going to work on somebody else so they can experience his mercy. Because mercy is wonderful, but what, why can't we share it with somebody else? Somebody else needs his mercy. You can think of at least one person right now. You ain't got to think long. You ain't got to go, you got to talk, talk, No, you just know it right now. You know somebody else that needed mercy right now. We know somebody else. Another conclusion we can make is that no matter the event that David experienced or wrote about, one fact is clear that God's mercy endures forever. We should be able to make the same point. We should be able to make the same point in our lives that we experience challenges as well as victories that goodness and mercy are pursuing us all the days of our lives. And Psalms 23 and verse 6 tells us. Go to Psalms 23 verse 6. 
Of course, we talked about this this past Sunday. Surely goodness and mercy, mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Boy, ain't it good to know you ride down the road, goodness and mercy following you? I mean, experience, I mean, since Sunday, can you really look back and say, you know what, I experienced God's goodness and mercy since Sunday? Since Sunday. I mean, good night. I was riding the other day. Oh, God, they got to be your goodness and your mercy. Oh, thank you, God, for your goodness and your mercy. Boy, that thing could have fell on me, God, but thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, I, if I did, Lord, I'm glad that check didn't clear because, woo, that could have been ugly. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Boy, I tell you, God know how to do stuff, don't he? It's great to know that God's goodness and mercy is chasing us all, us as long as we dwell in the house of the Lord. And David found out that was the key for this goodness and his mercy operating in his life. We are experiencing his mercy. Today, just like we do every day, let's not take it for granted. Let's not take his goodness and his mercy for granted. Because he knows it's going to follow us. Excuse me, his goodness and mercy endures forever. I'm done. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.